podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Battle podcast. It's episode 16 and we are looking ahead to Arsenal's round of 32 Europa League tie against Benfica. Um... We know what happened last year with the Europa League round 32. We don't talk about Something that, that we don't talk about on this podcast. Um, and that was against, you'd expect, an easier, quote-unquote, opponent. Uh, we have Benfica at a neutral venue for both legs. We want to win this competition, don't we? So how important is it to get a good start and a strong hold on this, this tie on Thursday, Dan? Massive, huge. Obviously, we don't know how the players are going to react with the two neutral venues. Um, we're told that there's going to be an away goals rule still in place, which is bizarre. Um, Ridiculous. <laughs> but we, um, it'll be interesting to see how the players react. Um, hopefully, last time we played in neutral Wembley, um, we won two trophies, didn't we? So um, uh, I know it's not Wembley, but it's... Um, the first one, Stadio Olimpico, I believe. So it will be interesting to see how the players react to the the um, the neutral venue. But um, massively important, we get a um, good start in the tie, and then we hope that if we keep it to a how do I say this? If if we keep it to a, a win or a draw in the first leg, we know that we're hopefully for the second going to have Partey and Tierney back, which will be massive for the squad uh, squad confidence and boost going into that game. It's, it's a really weird... I don't understand how the away goes rule can come into effect because you're not getting home advantage. Even without fans, you still think, oh, we're playing at home, we have home advantage. It's it's a really bizarre thing, and especially with playing at neutral grounds, no one gets like the advantage. You're playing somewhere that you don't play, and yeah. sometimes you've never played before. Uh, we know how good Benfica can be. Um Two wins and a loss in their last five games. It's not great form. It's probably better form than Arsenal. Um, they've got some good players as well, don't they, Ben? You've got, like I think, two I picked out. Alex Grimaldo, you'd expect to play at left-back. Um, and Everton on the wing, linked with Arsenal a couple of summers ago. They've yep. got some dangerous talent. Yeah. Um, they're definitely better out wide. Uh, you're looking at sort of Grimaldo at left back, as you said, Everson on the wing. Um, Pizzi, who sort of operates on the right but drifts in centrally. Yeah. Sort of how you'd expect like Erdegaard to play if he were to play there. Um, and he's another really dangerous player who tends to be confined to Portuguese football. I haven't seen him linked around much. Um, they also have a lot of Premier League cast-offs, I suppose you could call them. Um, you know, you've got Adel Tarat, the ex-QPR player in midfield. He hasn't really set the set the Portuguese league on fire since he since he joined them, but he's steady, uh, and he's always capable of a moment of brilliance. Um, oh, you know about that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in defence, hopefully, is where we can get to um, with Vertonghen and Otamendi. You know, Vertonghen's probably the wrong the wrong side of his decline, like his his um, career. Uh, probably declining pretty quickly from memory from last season. Uh, and Otamendi, 
Well, it was always a running joke, wasn't it, between who could who could make more mistakes between Otamendi and Mustafi. Um, <laughs> so I suppose looking at that, you've got to fancy whoever plays up front for Arsenal to have have a good go. We hope there will be some familiar faces, won't there? Yeah, you'd, you'd expect if those to play together, you'd you'd hit them with pace. Um, both obviously can still do a very good job centre back. Both Premier League, Otamendi's a Premier League winner. Uh, Tongan Champions League finalist for them lot, so they've got they've got some good experience in there, especially with titles and their Premier League players. It'd be really interesting to see how we approach it, where Arteta sort of places this in terms of importance, because we know we're not where we want to be in the league. It's a competition we need to win, but I, I don't know where I don't know how I see us. Approaching this one, Andrew, any any idea how we'll potentially even line up? Um, I do hope that similar to the Leeds game, um, which we discussed in the previous podcast, that we set up with that kind of uh, creative technician approach with um, the creative players behind Abamyang. I think we're we're blessed with a lot of squad depth at the moment, with some players hitting form um, and being able to leave the likes of Lacazette and Pepe who have been playing quite well this season on the bench. Um, but I do hope we go with, uh, in my opinion, you, you don't change the winning team. I think we should go with um, Smithrow, Erdegaard, Saka behind Aubameyang. And then that um, Sabayas-Shaka pivot that we know works so well. Um, and then apparently, according with the injury update, according to um, Arteta and Arsenal.com, they said that um, Partey's, most likely confirmed out for this game. Um, both him and Tierney are um, doubts, but if I, I believe Arteta said that if one of the two is going to be fit sooner, it would be Tierney. I don't want to sort of underestimate Benfica or anything like that, but we know who we play in the Premier League next. Is yeah. there a case of almost preferring one game to another? Because now we've we beat Leeds, we're back on form in a sense. We've put those two defeats behind us. Is there a chance that we don't focus on the league, but we consider the importance of the Man City game and how important it is that we don't necessarily take a heavy defeat and maybe rest some players for today uh, for the Europa League game so that they're definitely fit for Man City? Similar to like Smith Rowe, we keep saying. Should we rest him? He's played again against Leeds. Is this a game that we could almost rest him and say, okay, fine, we'll bring in, we'll bring back in Pepe or we'll bring in Martinelli or Willian or someone who's not been playing as much in the league recently? Ben, do you think that's the case of that or do you think we need to go full strength in both of them and take the risk? It's, it's, it's a delicate balance and I wouldn't be surprised to see one of Smith Rowe or Erdegaard drop out. Um, I think the Europa League probably is going to be a bit slower than the Premier League in terms of tempo of the game. Um, just sort of watching Benfica, they like they like to keep the ball quite a lot as well. It's going to be quite an interesting game by in terms of who can sort of get the upper hand in the possession battle. But I think Erdegaard will be much better suited to that than he will to sort of the high-pressing running of Manchester City. 
where you might expect someone like Smith Rowe, who's got a bit more experience in the Premier League, although not a lot, um, to play. And I think that also Arsenal will have enough depth in the forward areas that we could probably get away with each player playing sort of 90 to 120 minutes over the two games. You know, you're looking at Pepe, Martin, if, if, if Pepe and Martinelli started either side of Martin Odegaard with Lacazette up front against Benfica, it's a different front four, but you wouldn't say it's necessarily that much weaker with the exception of Saka dropping out. Um, but then, you know, any combination of sort of the eight players that could play in that front four um, is probably going to be quite a strong one. It's a, it's a really difficult position because we're playing three good teams in the space of four matches and three very dangerous teams that could make or break our season, really. If we lose to Benfica, we're out of the Europa League. That's our part of the Champions League. You'd expect gone. If we lose to Man City and Leicester back-to-back, you'd probably argue that's our shot at any European football gone. So it's, it's a really delicate balance. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if we see a trio of Martinelli, Lacazette and Pepe, or maybe Willian coming in there just because of almost giving the young ones a rest. Dan, do you think do you think it's likely we'll see that? Or do you think we'll go go full strength with Ober and Saka? It is likely. Um, I don't know if we're at the stage now where we can prioritise a particular competition. Uh, we still need to push the two most important competitions, Europa League and Premier League. Are those... Are, I think they're the only ones we're still left in, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only two competitions we're left in. So we need to just go absolutely all out for both those competitions. Um, so with that in mind, you have to think to Man City. Um, so, yeah, contradicting a bit what I just said, I guess, you, you can very much... I could see Arteta putting Lacazette and Pepe in rather than Smithrow and Aubameyang because, like... Uh, Smithrow, we don't want him to burn out. I know he's come out and said that he can't physically play this much football. But um, I think, yeah, it is likely we could see some change. But I do, like um, like Ben said, I, we, I can see a very strong side. Um, we do um, have that squad depth where we can play the stronger, the, the players. Like, for example, Martinelli could come in. Reese Nelson could come in. Um, I don't know what's happened with Nelson recently. Arteta seems to not even be putting him on the bench. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see players like Pepe, Willian, um, Lacazette, Martinelli coming in for a game like this. And I do hope that Martinelli does get minutes no matter what, because, um, he needs to be playing. We talk- I, I, could, I could see Mart- uh, Pablo Mari and Rob Holding probably coming back in as well. I was going to um, say, there a chance of changing up that defence, especially with, well, you know, you've lost, we've let Maitland-Niles go out. We've got our other left back injured. Is there a chance of potentially resting uh, Bellerin and Cedric, or do we just not have the players to come in and replace them? We don't Maybe think Chambers could come in at right back if he has to, if you want to give someone a rest. Do you think you think if if Cedric gets injured, we don't have a left back? Yeah, it's so, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It was a it was an issue from the January window that we didn't sign a left back. Um, and I, I, I can't see Chambers being given his first start in what would it be 16 months or so against a Benfica team in 
a game that we need not to lose as much as it's not a must win, but we can't lose. Is there any chance of seeing Matt Ryan in goal? Or yeah. do we do we think that we'll have one keeper rather than a, a cup keeper and a league keeper? Dan? Yeah, Matt Ryan's there. I do really hope we can see his first um, start where he's he's the chosen keeper rather than a forced um, decision because he's he looked very solid in goal against Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, so you couldn't really do much about the goal because, what was it, Cedric had a mistake and then it came off Rob Holding deflection. So we, um, I, I'm, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to play him. Um, I think Arsenal have done as much as we didn't get the left back we needed. We did very good business in January. And Matt Ryan was one that, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty shocked to see him come in. And I think he's a very welcome addition to the squad. And he provides that... Um, solid backup keeper that unfortunately Runarsson um, wasn't and I don't know if I can see him being um, unless he drastically changes uh, through throughout the next couple of years I don't, I don't want to predict the team because anything anything could come about um, and especially with the Man game on the line I'd, I'd almost like to see a bit of a change but still a very strong team um, because we we want to win the Europa League. I think we have this sort of... I think fans don't like it because it's not the Champions League. But you think if we... In our first year, we got to semi-final. We should have got through to the final. Mm. It's, it's just a silly mistake at the back. Second year, got to the final, got thumped. And third year was a disaster. Knocked out in the first, first knockout rounds. I was. Is this the year we go all the way, or, or is it just the team did better for than us? It's it's difficult to say because just looking at who's left in the Europa League. I mean, you've got Roma, AC Milan, uh, Napoli, Bayer Leverkusen, Man United, Leicester, Spurs, Real Sociedad, um, Ajax, Lille. Admittedly, some of these teams play each other, but when you look at where we get to for the last sixteen you're suddenly looking at a lot of very, very good European sides um, who you wouldn't really be, you wouldn't be comfortable facing, let's say. I, I read a stat today that I think we're joint third favourites. I think Man United are favourites. And then it's Leicester, I think us, Sociedad and Spurs are a joint third, uh, which, I mean, <laughs> bears hope for English football fans, but I, I don't think I could handle seeing like a Man United Spurs final <laughs> be a disaster. There's just so much. <clears throat> there's so much quality still in the Europa League that it yeah. almost it almost looks easier to say we're going to take every Prem game as it comes and try and get the wins in the Premier League to put us back in the top six. And you know if if teams above us have car crashes at the end of seasons, you can maybe. Maybe see us uh, going for the top four, but that is that's well out of our hands now. That just relies on us picking up every single point we can and aiming for Europe. We're almost in a quite fortunate position that we're not in that top four race. Almost considering you look at Man United, probably out of it in terms of winning the league, but they'll still go for it until they can't. Leicester can't have that blip again. They'll need to keep up consistency. Spurs still have an outside chance. 
Whereas we're sort of almost the quiet outsiders that are going to test their luck and other European teams are going for titles. We could almost be very fortunate that we're, we're not mm. going for anything domestically. So, so we could have a chance. It all depends if we win and then who we get, who, if we win this round, who we get next. We could get Man United next and from there in, they're probably favourites. On the other hand, sorry, go on, Ben. On the, on the other hand, I was just going to say, um, you wouldn't expect, also, you could very conceivably see Chelsea and Liverpool both going out of the Champions League in the next couple of weeks. They've got um, Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig, respectively. Um, none of those are going to be easy fixtures. And obviously, no, no Champions League game is really easy. But if they go out of that, then all of a sudden their sole focus is the Premier League. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting position. You think a lot of the English teams stand a good chance of winning both their competitions. I think Man City are favourites, or one of favourites for the Champions League, and Man United favourites for the Europa League. So uh, English, it, it stands English football in quite good stead. Not necessarily for Arsenal fans, but there you go. Um, are we confident about this game? Because I was I was very confident last year going into Olympiacos, and then, well, <laughs> that that night at the Emirates before lockdown, are we are we confident going into this one? We're was, neither team in brilliant form, but again, neither team in disastrous form. Yeah, that was obviously the last game before kind of. Um, Everything went, everything went wrong because uh, wasn't it the Olympiacos owner yeah. who had a confirmed, who had COVID at the time, and then I believe it was like the weekend after that that Arteta then tested positive, and the Premier League just went into full shutdown. But uh, I think, yeah, no, I'm I'm confident that we can definitely get a result, and I'd even take a draw in this game. Obviously, you want to win every game, but I'd take a draw because we know that come the next game there's not necessarily going to be that home or away advantage. And with our returning players from injury, we hope Partey and Tierney will be back by then. And I think that'll be massive for our side and really hope we can kick on from there. I think we're officially the away side for this leg, aren't okay. we? Um, so, which means we need to score. I don't think that'll be a problem. You I think it'll be keeping them out the other end. There'll be a problem with Cedric at left-back. And Bellerin probably marauding forward on the right. Um, you know, you haven't got party there to put out fires in their in their stead. You'll probably have. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Granit Xhaka plays because we always look a lot better when he does. Yes. But you, it's very conceivable that you see Sabios and Elneny in the middle, and then you really start looking at the lack of depth we've got um, in the in the squad. But I think definitely going the other way will be. The bigger issue, whereas going forward, I think we've got more than enough firepower to get behind uh, usually quite aggressive Benfica backline. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no danger that we have players who can score. There's no doubt about that. We need to. I think we need to build up quite a few away goals, even if it's one or two, just so we have that almost comfort blanket of going into the home tie, knowing that if we keep we keep them out, we go through. We can get a nil jaw and go through. Not that that's something we want to strive for, sort of settle for, but away goals are uh, going ahead. A bit strangely considering that there's no home games or away games. Ridiculous, isn't it? 
I can we just talk about that for a sec? How does that even work? Because there's no home advantage. There's no obviously there's no fans. What? Why do we think UEFA have kept this rule? Is it just because it goes ahead in one game? It goes ahead everywhere, and you can't abolish it if teams are playing at home. Do you think that's why? I can't think of the logic to why they've done it, but um, I guess just kind of keeping it as it is normally and uh, just, well, it's the same for both sides, isn't it? If anything, it's going to give us more of an advantage because we've got, we don't have a full strength side at the moment. And then if it all does go wrong, we can uh, go with our um, in on the front foot, hopefully in the, into the second leg, but I can't really think of the logic, but it's. I'm not. It doesn't bother me too much. I just think that it's the same for both sides, isn't it? It's just. Yeah. Yeah. And we we should. It's a game you'd expect us to go through. Benfica haven't hit the heights of their historical past. Again, neither have we. But we've been we've been okay. I think it's fair to say, and it's we've been a lot better this side of Christmas. Yes, that's true. This is like new, like yeah, Boxing Day on with. We've only lost three times. New Year, New Arsenal. <laughs> Same old story. Um, school predictions. I know we a couple of days away, and if we could still get a Batman could break his leg in training or something. But as we <laughs> are now, <laughs> school predictions. Dan. Ben. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think I feel confident. Um, this all depends on the side which um, Arteta picks. But I'm hoping that uh, we should be um, be able to get a victory in this game, and I think it will be two one to Arsenal. Ben, go to you next. Very, very similar. Actually, I was going to go with three uh, two to Arsenal. I think it'll be a high scoring game, um, but I think we should have enough. I think honestly, it could be more. It could be four two or five two, um, but I'll go with three two just for the sake of being a little bit more conservative. <laughs> I'm going to listen to you because for the Leeds brief, you said you think it would be high scoring. You think it would be 3-1. It was 4-2. I sort of undershot it a bit. I was going to, I had 3-1 in my head. So I'm going to stick with 3-1 to Arsenal. Um, I think inevitably we'll concede. You will. <laughs> we, always, we always concede. Uh, despite being apparently a lot better defensive team this season. But I think, I think we'll go for a strong team and I think we'll We'll do, we'll do a few goals. I think it's basically they're playing goal because they've got quite a young keeper who played against Man United a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, but they've got some older ones as well. I've not been following them massively, so I don't know who would play out of them. But three-one Arsenal, let's go for it. Confidence. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got to get... trust yourself, haven't you, against Otamendi and Vertonghen? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to have the best games of their career, aren't they? Just shut out anything. <laughs> written in the stars, the former Tottenham player, the former Man City player, still hate Arsenal. Uh, I'm Bonucci and Chiellini. <laughs> oh, it's just, we're, we're not going out in the first round again, I promise. Uh, that is it for our preview. Make sure to come back for our review, uh, probably after the game, Friday. And we We'd hope it'll be after the game. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? We're not going to do a uh, <laughs> Friday and we will have a Man City preview out in the next couple of days as well. So thank you for listening and goodbye.
Social Podcast Network.